everybody doing? Amen. So good to see you. Those of you who are visiting who may not be members of the Church of Christ, we say welcome. We're happy that you have decided to stop by and be with us today. And those of you who are visiting from another congregation of the Lord's people, it is good to see you. It's so good when we can come, open God's books, study his word, which is able to save our souls. And those of us who labor here at East Baltimore, we are excited always to see you. It's been a busy week. We had commencement on yesterday, and the graduates was on Thursday, and we had the former Vice President Joe Biden, and he shook every graduate hand, and it took forever. <laughs> but it was great. It's just amazing when his security team came on Friday, and I was walking them through. She said, well, he probably won't be here for about 20 minutes or so of his speech and then leave. And an hour and 30 minutes later, he was still shaking hands. <laughs> we were good. I took a picture with him just before he got in his car and pulled away. And then last night, my, one of my son got married, and I got a daughter-in-law. And my family was up here. And I ate a lot over the last three days. And I begged my sister not to leave until Wednesday. But she has a husband. She has to get back, too. <laughs> my wife said, the kitchen is y'all's. I wasn't fussing, so we had a good time. God is good. And through all of those blessings, there are still some triumph things that goes on in our lives. And, but reaping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. And every, every one of us is going to have a night. But the morning comes after the night things we are grateful for. Let me do a housekeeping before I start. Um, I, let me apologize, first of all, because we asked you all to register for the lectureship. And through our process, I, I always tell the committee, somebody got to see the whole picture. And, and you know, when you sit and you constantly going and we were talking about one day registration and, and we want everybody to be there but I didn't want to have pre-registration for a one day registration because if there's only 10 people there's only 10 people and if you sell three of the 10 early, then three people who have full registration, we have no spot for. You, you understand what I'm saying? 
our one day registration is for one day and it has to be that day because if there's no space why would we take your money that makes sense now yeah yeah because I don't want you to come pay your money and there's no space the hotel give us X amount that's all they have so those of you who have done that we will honor but I ask the registration committee don't take a one-day registration until the person show up on that day because if we don't have a space then you know we, we don't have a space for you so that says something else pay your registration fee and reserve your space amen, amen? yeah that's all see we um, the church is the church we're just a congregation of the church and we are hosting the mid-atlantic this year central is next year suitland road is the year after that and um, as the church, it's just our responsibility to support those things that the local church has. And we can't expect the world to do something that we won't do. We cannot expect the world to do something that we cannot do. And then don't ask me to be more Christian than you. Right. Brother Fraser, you're a Christian. Yeah, and so are you. And Christians need, if we do the right thing, God is always going to bless us. Amen? Amen. So, I know we're going to do the right thing. Amen? Matthew chapter 16. This is the final of the four series. We talked about the resurrection because if the resurrection didn't happen, it didn't matter what else went afterward, cause, but the resurrection did happen. And the resurrection happened because of God's grace. God love us, John says that he gave his only begotten son. And then God came to stay with us, and that's the gift of the Holy Ghost was the third series of that. And then this morning, we'll conclude with the, the last of the four series. Matthew chapter number 16, and let's just read verse 18. I, I know they read 13 through 19, and all of that's in there, but I, I'm going to focus on just verse number 18. And if you've been in the church for three hours, you know this passage. You know how to quote this passage. You have heard this passage over and over. And when they read the passage, you said, gee, he's reading that same passage over and over and over. You should be grateful that I'm not Noah, because Noah preached one sermon 
for 120 years, and only eight people got the message. Only eight people got the message. So I'm going to just preach 18 over and over until we all get the message. The Bible says, are we ready? And I say unto you that thou art, are y'all reading? Oh, okay. Let's start again. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if I go back up, Jesus said that the gates of hell cannot prevent me from building my church. All of us have heard someone say in our lives, go to the church of your choice. On the news and all over, go to the church of your choice. But see, if you go to the church of your choice, you must be willing for the outcome. Now, if you go want, if you desire to go to heaven and live eternally with God, you cannot go to the church of your choice. You will have to go to the church of Jesus' choice. That's the subject. The church of of Jesus choice because see when Jesus came he said I will build my church and if Jesus decide that he is going to build his church it's not our choice right. it's Jesus's choice Amen. because he didn't say I was going I'm going to build my churches he said, I will build my church. If you go out and you purchase a T-shirt, and you go out and purchase a car, value are different. Thought process is the same. Is that all right? If you go out and buy a t-shirt and you go out and buy a car, value are different, but thought process is the same. Everything that we purchase, there's a thought process. Number one, we have to like it. And, and, the only, and see, the first thing we do in the like process is most of the time what we see. Very few people buy something that they don't see. The person who buys something that they don't see, they just have a shopping issue. They just love to buy and shop. Never mind whether they, they see it, but they, they, they'll just purchase it. But if you're going to buy something, you have to see it. 
And it has to be appealing to you. And then the second thing, it must have some value. Very few of us buy something that doesn't have a value to it. And if it has a value to it, then we will purchase it. And then after that, we want to get something out of it. The dress you put on this morning, you didn't get dressed in the dark. You did, see, most of the time, 99.99% of the time, when we get dressed and after we get dressed, we look into the mirror as the final touch to say, this is it. I look good this morning. And you do. In that thought process, those are the process that one has when they are purchasing something that cannot be the thought process when it comes to the church. See, you don't have a thought process when it comes to the church. Jesus has already given the church the thought process. See, Jesus decided that he would purchase the church. And when Jesus decided to purchase the church, he had the thought process. And in his thought process, he found something that he liked. In his thought process, he finds something of value. And in his thought process, when it's all said and done is something that he's going to get something out of. So the church of Jesus is choice. The first thing that I want us to know about the church of Jesus' choice was Jesus did not have a committee in the process of purchasing the church. You say, well, Brother Frazier, I thought God, God, and God, that's what you said last week. Yes, God, God, and God did have a conference. But Jesus' thought is not different from God the Father. The Holy Ghost thought is not different from Jesus the Son. See, when Jesus says something, God says it, and the Holy Ghost reveals it. Jesus says, upon this rock, what's the rock? It's not Peter, but what Peter said. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of a living God. Now, where did Peter say that? The Bible says when Jesus came in this course of Caesarea of Philippi. See, you got to understand, Caesarea of Philippi is not a Jewish continent. It's a Gentile stretch of land. And on the course of Caesarea of Philippi, there were 14 temples there, worshiping 14 gods. And Jesus, being a Jew in the midst of this Gentile world, he asked these Jews, who do man say that I, the son 
of man that was templed there, worshiping idol God. There's a temple for everyone. But in the midst of all of this, Jesus says, who do man say that I, the son of man? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of a living God. Nobody should desire to serve a dead God. But we do. We worship dollar bills with dead presidents. We spend most of our lives trying to achieve as much dead president as we can. And when we close our eye in death, it doesn't matter how many of those dead presidents we achieve, Brother Worley, we leave it for somebody else. At the school over the last month and a half, we've been getting counterfeit $20 bills. Young man left his wallet on the counter. He had about $150, $110 worth of counterfeit bill, 50s and 20. Counterfeit. Counterfeit serves a purpose, but has no value. And the only way, and see, you can never take a counterfeit and show somebody what a counterfeit look like until you show them what the real thing look like. See, because if all you show them is a counterfeit, that's what their senses is going to say. This is what we need to do. So when we try to teach the students what to look for, we don't take a counterfeit bill. We take the real bill and say, these are the things that you should look for. And if they don't have those things, it's counterfeit. Same thought when it comes to the church. See, if you just show folks counterfeits, they will never know what the real church looked like. And Jesus did not die for a counterfeit church. He died for a church that was purchased with his own blood. And I say unto you, Thou art Peter, and I will build my church, and hell would not present, present, prevent me from building my church. You ever wonder why Jesus decided to bring us back to God? through this thing that he calls the church? Why would God use the church? Why would God call whatever, however he's going to bring us back to him, the church? 
in every dispensation of time, God has always had a place of refuge. In the Otto-Peluvian world, it was in the city where they had to put the blood over the doorposts. In the days of Noah, it was the ark. And in this last century, it is the church. And not just the church, but the church that Jesus said he would build. And now in the process of building the church, see, that is one of the greatest myths that Satan had ever came up with. You thought Satan's encounter with Eve in the garden was treacherous? That brought man away from God. And that's bad. Because when man is separated from God, man has no hope. Let me say that again. When man is separated from God, man has no hope. Now, after you get separated from God, that's one thing. But if you can't get back to God, that's another thing altogether. So watch Satan. Not only does Satan want us to be separated from God, but Satan doesn't want us to get back to God. So when God said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. See, nothing you or I could do to stop God from having a church. Nothing Satan can do to stop God from having a church. So what is the next best thing for Satan to do? It's to give you a bunch of counterfeits. To tell you to go to the one of your choice. To tell you that there is a church out there that meets all of our need. And see, that is the most dangerous thing. When you look for a church to meet our need. Well, Brother Fraser, why would you say that? Because, see, the church is not predicated upon our needs. The church is predicated upon God's value for our souls. See, because if God doesn't value our soul, then Christ should not have come. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I, but Christ live in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the glory of the Son of God who loved me and then died for me. And then in 2 and 21, he said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. Because if righteousness has been by the law, Christ died in vain. See, what we have to understand, the church was not an afterthought. And then he said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. What was the grace of God? His son. And then you come back and you say, well, I need a church that's going to meet 
my needs. Do we really think when God decided to have his son to die, he was thinking about our need? No. He was thinking about our salvation. That's what the church is about, our salvation. Because if God was to go by our need, Sister Franklin got one need. Brother Worley got another need. Sister Stevens got a need. Brother Sanu got another need. Brother Dow got another need. I got another need. That's six different churches hadn't even gotten to the second row yet. Why? Because we all got different needs. And, and my need this morning is not my need this afternoon. And it's not my need tonight. It's not Sister Franklin's need this morning. Her needs yesterday is different from the day. So then we would be running God crazy based on our needs. So what God decided to do, I'm going to build my church so I can save you. And hell will not stop me from building my church. And then the second thought that I had when I was looking at this lesson, Jesus says to Peter, you are Simon, son of Jonah. And I want you to know that flesh and blood does not reveal the church to no man. Now, why? What do, what do you mean by that? See, flesh and blood is selfish. Every one of us in here got a selfish nature. I came home yesterday after commencement, and we had ribs Friday night and cook all the stuff. And my wife said to me, I said, I'm starving. She said, well, we ate everything, and there was two rib bone left, and I know you would not have worn it. I said, that was the one I wanted. She said, I said to myself, I know he would not want this. You look at it two ways. Either she's selfish or concerned. But whatever her thought process, I benefit nothing. See, this, see, I got it so you all can see with this stuff. Because, see, if she said, I know you wouldn't want that, that could have been true. Or she could have said, well, I'm going to eat one and leave one. But to justify her conscience, she came to the conclusion you wouldn't want none of this. To justify, 
our conscience, we go somewhere that will meet our selfish need, but not the need of God. See, what God says to us, that we should all love one another as he loves us. And if we love one another the way God loves us, we will never do anything to harm one another. But we struggle with this thing called flesh and blood. See, there's some things that we can't do without. And flesh and blood is one of those things that we cannot do without. But we can't allow that to dictate our lives. Hell cannot prevail it. Flesh and blood has not revealed it. He said, but my Father, which is in heaven. See, the church is not a thought process of flesh and blood. But the church is a thought process of his Father, which is in heaven. So therefore, the church has to be something based on our heavenly thought process. I'm just going through the text. Heaven, neither is my thought your thought, nor my ways are your ways. For high is the heavens from the earth, so is my thought is than your thought. So when we think that God is trying to meet our need, we think in earthly. God is not trying to think like us. We need to start trying to think like God. But that's, Paul called it a war because flesh and spirit are constantly warring because they see different in man. And then you need, we also need to understand that while we have our thought process and while we go through these things, searching for truth, we must also understand there's error. There's error. And see, we, sometime in the church of Christ, Brother Worley, we get complacent because we know that we are the church that you can read about in the Bible. But in our effort of reading about the church in the Bible, God didn't leave nothing to our chance. Everything in the church is there for a reason. And the only way that we could remain the church that Christ died for is to keep things the way Christ planted it. 
But now Satan has come with a new ploy. Satan says, we need to tweak it. We don't need all of this old stuff. We need to move the church into a new air. You can't bring people to the church in the 21st century the way that you bring folks in the church in the first century. I beg to differ. See, all you got to do is go back to the scriptures and see what brought people into the church in the first century. And the exact same thing will bring people into the church in the 21st century. The gospel hadn't changed. We can do all of these tricky stuff. But at the end of the day, those remain. See, we go away from souls to numbers. Now, let me help you because you, you're looking like, wouldn't they be the same? You remember Jesus told this parable about the man who had a hundred sheep. And one of the sheep went astray. If there's no value on one soul, he had 99 more. He could have just let that one go. But the Bible says he left the 99 and went after the one. And then he said, this woman had 10 pieces of silver. She lost one of them, but she swept the floor. And now you have to understand. See, when you look at the text and you don't understand what happened, her floor didn't have carpet on. Her floor didn't have tiles on it. It did not have wood on it. It was a dusty floor. And she had to sweep. A Have you ever tried to sweep dirt over dirt? And then I'm, if, if I had to imagine what Jesus was saying, the color of the coin was close to the color of the dirt. <laughs> so she had to sweep with with carefulness, but she had nine others. But she worked all day till she found that one. So because we got 200, when we lose one, we got to leave that one and go back and try to leave the two, the 199. Go find the one because according to God, that one has value. So everybody in the church has value. Whether you got value to the preacher, you got value to God. That's why God didn't leave the church up to the preachers and the elders and the members. He said he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then my third point, and I'm finished this morning. In the process 
of building. Hear what Jesus says. No man builds a house unless he first count the cost. See, don't buy something based on the money that you have. Buy it based on the credit that you can obtain. It's not a financial lesson. Brother Fraser, that really don't make sense. Well, let me just help you. I'm happy you you said, how does that make sense? I'm glad you asked that question. Because no man give you value based on the money that you have in your pocket. They give you credit based on your capacity to pay it back. I've been in my house for 23 years. When I bought the house, I think I had less than $6,000, Brother Dow. If they were giving me a house on my life savings, of $6,000, they probably would have went to Sears and got a, one of them big old tent with three rooms in it. But they, the finance company took the $6,000, didn't even ask me how I was going to eat next week. But it was based on my ability to pay off the mortgage. God do not accept us of our value when we come. Because all of us come as a sinner. But he accept us of our value of what we can become. See, because when we come, we have no value to God at all. But as we grow, we, be, we gain value to God. Because if you buy into Christ and believe with all of your heart that this is the one that Christ died for and that can get us back to glory. Right. See, when you came, you were one soul. That's all you were. But after you've gotten here, you become many souls. You want your family to come in. Some of you find boyfriends and girlfriends, the first thing you say, can you teach this person so they can get baptized and come into the church? Why? Because you understand the, the, the need for them to be in. 
because that's where salvation is. You say, well, I'm not marrying anybody outside of the church. Why do you have that thought process? Because you know that the church is where they need to be. And not a soul in here who have family members that they love don't want them to be in the church. Now, one, whether you teach them or not, you want them to be in the church. And you don't want them to be in just any church. You don't tell them, go to the church of your choice. You say, you need to come and find your way into the church of Jesus' choice. My stepmother said to me, I thought you were going to be a preacher. I said, well, how did you come to that conclusion? She said, every time we would talk when we would come, well, you just said, well, the Bible. Well, the Bible said, so I just figured you would be. I said, well, you know, everybody in the church studied the Bible. She said, well, that's good. Why do everybody do that? If they need to know what God says, they have to study the Bible. She said, well, we're not, we're not required. I just sit and listen to Reverend. I said, see, that's not the church of Jesus' choice. The church of Jesus' choice demands that we study the Bible because that's what they did. He said the Berean were more noble than them at Thessalonica because they searched the Scripture daily. See, not only you need to search the scripture, but you got to search the scriptures daily. When we gave the text this morning, you said, I can't believe Brother Frazier's preaching from that saying. Why? How do you know that? When you search the scriptures daily. So then when I bring out the scripture, I got to tell you something that you haven't seen in the scripture before. But it's still right there. God laid it out. In the church, he tell you what day you need to come. Acts 27 say upon the first day of the week. And then when you come, he tell you what you need to do once you get there. See, we got this stuff up here not because they, they look pretty. This is stuff we have to do something to win. And the thing, and see, but we think this is more valuable than this are more valuable than this and a lot of us think that that is more value see if we weigh these things we think this got more value than all of it but no see we do this stuff like we do sin we put weight on sin you steal grapes or kill somebody. Well, all he did is took a couple of grapes. You ain't going to lock them out for that. But he killed somebody. Because that's the way we want. See, that's when you want your choice. We got folks that run in. Can I get communion? And as soon as they get communion, they're gone. They don't even care about this or this. And they definitely don't want to want you to fuss with them with this. But when you are in the church of Jesus' choice, these are the things that God commands us to do. And he said Sunday to do it. Right. 
What will happen if he tell you to do this every day of the week? So then we say, well, we lose some value to it. And see, that's the religious world. If you take it every Sunday, y'all going to lose value. But if you take it the first Sunday, it has more value than the second. That's choices. And then some said, well, you don't need to take it but twice a year. And then there's a group that say, let's take it once a year. That will make it that much more sick. To who? God says upon the first day of the week, our responsibility is just to find what day is the first day. And once we know what day is the first day, we know what to do. And when we know what to do, it's not our choice. It's God's choice. And if we do what God say the way God says for us to do it, then we in the church of Jesus' choice. When we decide that we don't need to take it every week, we no longer in the church of Jesus' choice. When we decide not to give as we prosper, we no longer in the church of Jesus' choice. When we decide we don't like the song leader nor the song that he's singing, we no longer in the church of Jesus' choice. And sometime when the song leader started, I said, pick it up. Start it on note. Help me out. And then when they sing their song, I said, well, I'm going to preach my sermon. They got a right to sing their song. They sing that same song every Sunday. It's all right with me. Because I'm going to preach my same sermon every Sunday. If God give me 120 years like he gave Noah, the message will still be the same. Christ saved souls. We don't have a choice, brothers and sisters. It's Jesus' choice. There will be no person in heaven outside of Jesus' choice. I, I, you know, I, I don't want us to, to think that we can just do what we want to do. Because that the Bible just doesn't teach. When you see the Bible say, do what you want to do, I'm going to be the first one to do that. Christ died for the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And all of us in our lives come to the conclusion that we really don't need all of this stuff. That's just human. But when God asks us what he needs in his church, 
then we give him the advice. But if he doesn't ask us, just do what he says to the best of our ability. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a member of the Lord's church. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, believe with all your heart Christ died for you, that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and we'll baptize you in water this morning for the remission of your sin. And then God will add you to the church of Jesus' choice. Be faithful till death, and he'll give you a crown of life. Would you come as we together stand and sing the song that has been selected? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of And we're singing, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Bout I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we're singing, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want to thank Brother Frazier for another powerful message. Amen. I have a few <laughs> prayer requests in my hand. Just ask that as you hear your name called, just stand briefly. That way we know who we're praying for. Amen. Uh, Sister Gwen Jackson asking for prayers for spiritual growth of family members. Please pray for the Franklins, uh, Troy, and Tammy and family. Amen. Amen. Nakara Harrison. Asking for uh, prayers, please pray for my friend Henry, who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Amen. Uh, Sister Paulette Sims, asking for prayers for health issues and family members. Uh, pray for my father, Abraham Sims, uh, brother Gerald Cooper, uh, for health issues. Amen. Amen. Uh, Sister Dawn Smith, uh, asking for prayers for family members and health issues. Please pray again for my dad, who is back in the hospital in ICU. Also pray uh, for my mom, who has surgery tomorrow. Lastly, pray for Amber and Sinai, who have celebrations this week. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Sister Linda Red, asking for prayers for health issues. Uh, asking the church to pray for my health and the Red family. Amen. Brother Junius Best asking for prayers for spiritual growth, family members, and health issues. Amen. Uh, Sister Helen Spann asking for prayers for spiritual growth, family members, and health issues. Uh, prayers for my entire family. Special prayer for Nikki Riley, uh, the Fowlers, uh, Sister Holton's sisters, uh, Brother Wes, and Brother Johnson's wife. Amen. Sister Yolanda Crawley asking for prayers for Hazel Hill, who lost her husband, and for Lynn, who is hospitalized. Amen. Sister Eleanor Holt asking for prayers for spiritual growth and traveling grace. Uh, prayers for uh, my sister, uh, my family, 
the Spann family, the Miller family, the Motleys, the Johnson family, also please speak to the Thayer, Davis, and Coleman family as they continue to mourn, asking for traveling grace for my granddaughter, uh, Carson Cole. Amen. Uh, also for Brother Lafayette Boone, uh, please pray for Sister Goodman and I as we continue to make decisions for our future. Pray for me as well as uh, with my new job that I remain steadfast and efficient. Thank you in advance. Let us go to God in prayer. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we're ever so thankful for all your many rich blessings. Lord, we have a lot of things on our minds, Lord, a lot of prayer concerns and we ask that you watch over us, Lord. Help us. Give us the strength that we need. Be with us. Help us to make the decisions that you would have us to make to live our lives the way you would have us to live. Bless and be with those who are sick and weakly among us. Pray that you would strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Restore my spirit, Lord, I need that my heart is wearing, praise help me, dear Lord. I stand in need of your strength from your word. Renew my love, renew my faithful, restore my soul, and revive the fire, Lord. Deep in my soul, won't you please, Lord, stir my desire to work in your full light in my heart, dear God, cause your zeal run cold, renew my love, rebuild my faith, or restore my soul. We stand before you now to take up the offering of the saints. Uh, in Luke, the sixth chapter, Around verse 30, it reads, Give every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And again in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man According as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly nor of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, and he has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. So let us give. Amen. Amen. 376, we the song uh, during the collection. 376, he paid a debt. 376. He paid a debt, he did not owe, I owed a debt. I could not pay, I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, amazing grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt. 
that I could never pay. He paid that debt at Calvary. He cleansed my soul and set me free. I'm glad that Jesus did all my sins erase. I now can sing a brand new song amazing grace christ jesus paid a debt that i could never pay and one day he's coming back for me to live with him 